Welcome everyone to Loud and Proud Orlando. It's Monday, February the 20th, 8.37 p.m. Thank you so much for being live with us. We have a full house today. Uh, we have the pleasure of having the Sucker Subs podcast here with us, talking some uh, soccer, some football, some football, however you want to say it, uh, the beautiful sport uh, that unites us. Uh, both clubs facing each other on Saturday doing some previews here. We're going to have some predictions. Um, and so you guys can also get to know them, right? Uh, they're the, they know every single detail, even what uh, Cáceres is wearing, as, uh, you know, what, what number of cleats is his size, his, his number of the jersey, everything, the size, everything. What he ate yesterday, he knows everything. They know everything about New York Rebels. So uh, stick around. Uh, we have, we're going to read all your comments, uh, any questions the fans have. Regarding the Red Bulls, what what's coming for Orlando? We just come from a dropping an L at home against the New England Revolution, um, in which uh, it com it confused a lot of uh, a lot of us because uh, we thought, hey, you know, we did pretty good uh, with the three out back, with Cartagena as a center back, with Ivan Angulo as a win back. You know, and uh, we didn't see that coming. So we'll discuss that. And obviously the New Jersey's that um, every single club in the MLS has, um, is having this season. Um, Seattle Sounders had their Bruce Lee inspired kit. You know, I didn't know uh, Bruce Lee and Jimi Hendrix lived in Seattle. I guess the first time I heard about that. Then you have uh, the New York Red Bulls kit that it's sparked a lot of uh, controversy on social media. And then Orlando's wall kit. Well, we'll talk about that. So um, I want to introduce John. How are you doing? Uh, good afternoon. Good, man. Good How evening. are you doing? I'm uh, actually wearing the wall kit. There you go. For those of you who are watching, so there you go. Already bought it. You know, no time wasted there. <laughs> uh, Paula, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. We're only five days away to be back at the stadium. So I'm happy. I'm more than, I, I don't know how I'm going to sleep. The rest of the week. Let me um, put it like like that. There you, so. there you go. And then we have uh, Ronnie. How you doing, my friend? Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, no, thank you guys for having us. It's a true pleasure to be on with you guys and talk the beautiful game we love. And yeah, really excited to be on with you guys. And we have Christian. What's up, Christian? How you doing? Hey, Louis, John, Paola. It's a pleasure. I love what you guys are doing the, uh, back there in Orlando. And yeah, super happy to talk to you guys here today. And then we got the Vass that I've seen him everywhere. I've seen him at <laughs> NYCFC camps. I've seen him interviewing like famous people on the MLS. Like he's he. I've been even at a at a I saw him at a, at a sports shop. Uh, you guys did an episode at a sports shop too. I remember that. Uh, that was that was really awesome. You know, um, part time yeah, actor. Yeah, Vass. Uh, great, great acting. Uh, how you doing, my friend? Good to have you here. Oh, thank you guys so much for, for inviting us to talk. The thing that we love the most, the beautiful game and our MLS franchises. And, you know, we do a little part-time uh, acting with, uh, with Paragon Sports. Shout out to them. Yeah, Paragon Sports. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah happy to, to have the chance to discuss uh, this upcoming match in five days' time. That's right. Uh, we're having uh, it's our home opener, right, uh, against a team that I will say it cost us a, a, a lot to, to, to beat and to face every time. So 
but before we go and in, dive in into that, uh, I want to tell everyone to subscribe to the channel, drop us a like, click on the notification bell for all notifications. And then uh, let's dive in into the kits because the kits have sparked a lot of controversy. We have uh, the kit. The first, we're going to have the Orlando kit. I don't know, you know, from a third eye perspective, guys, you know, for us, it would be a little bit of a, yeah, we like it, right? Uh, but what do you guys think, honestly? Let's see. Uh, uh, Vast, what, what are your thoughts regarding the kit? Is it the same kit you feel like every other kit? No, I kind of like the fact that they didn't completely go with the 180 and just change something around drastically, but it gives me big vibes from when you guys joined the league. Like that original home kit, it just screams that. And I was always a fan of that one, and I unfortunately didn't get to add it to my many collection of MLS kits. So I think I might go out and just try to look for a deal for this new one. I think it's pretty sleek. I think it does well to, to show the fan base and the wall. You know, it's something that not a lot of teams uh, have, and a lot of teams have tried copying ever since you guys did it. So shout out to the fans, and I think they did a good job. I don't think it's breaking, you know, any kind of wall or it's not blowing anyone out of the water. But I think keeping it simple is sometimes the best bet. So I, I really do enjoy this jersey. Uh, what about you, Christian? What are your thoughts uh, regarding the kit? Uh, we're going to put uh, New York soon. So um, what are your thoughts regarding that? I like it. I mean, just like Vas said, I think the idea. So I'll give you an example. New York City FC has something related where they put a mosaic of the New York City subway station as their background in the jersey. And I like that. It. It's pretty cool. It's something representative. You guys are doing I, I wasn't familiar with the wall, but maybe you guys can help me explain it. Is that like the supporter sections? Is that where they stand? Yeah. Ooh, you have section. to come here and be at the wall. I'm just kidding, not at the uh, wall, yeah. but yeah, next <laughs> next to it. So That's you can, a, you know, feel the pressure, but yeah. Is is where the supporters Dortmund wall. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, Yeah, I I haven't been, but uh, probably a good good idea to do so. But it looks pretty nice. I like it. Yeah, whatever you, uh, Ronnie. Does it look like Fiorentina's kit? (laughs) It's giving me Fiorentina vibes, but no, I I like it. It's clean, simple. Um, One thing that I'm kind of liking from all the MLS kits is, and this year for Adidas, it just it just the three stripes you know just the logo with the three stripes it doesn't say adidas under it and i'm actually a fan of the apple tv deal so i like that all the all the teams are wearing the the apple logo on the left sleeve there so um clean simple i think i think you guys should have a good season with it yeah hopefully you know a lot of people have been rating orlando you know top six you know there you know i i feel like Comfortably going through the playoffs is what I'm aiming for. Uh, not 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 suffering uh, the last four games, but uh, let's talk about um, you know New York's kit. You know, um, I, I don't know if Paola. I know you you, you were saying it uh, off the record that you really like the kit. Uh, I didn't say really like, like the kit. I, I like low <laughs> key. I like it, and I th- because I'm a, like a tie dye girl type of thing that I like it so it, it reminds me of a tie-dye I don't know if it has a, like a meaning for you know the New York Red Bulls like us probably it is but low-key I like it it's not like others in the MLS that I'm like what do you do I'm not bombing names right now but low-key I like it what about you uh John what are your thoughts uh, regarding the 
the red biscuit. I, I think it's you know it's out there I, at first i thought it was the awaken so i was like that's kind of bold to have that as your awaken right. oh, <laughs> i realize it's just like awaken? a third kit that's like when oh. they want to wear it i'm assuming um but i'm a little bit concerned as how it will look on the field i think it's one of those that like looks nice in theory but then when you actually watch the game you're like what what on earth like that looks terrible I like it. You know, I think I think it's different. You know, um, you know. I think uh, I mean, if if freaking Seattle has a Bruce Lee one, like you know, <laughs> right? I mean, like I never knew about Bruce Lee, so um, I think I think it's good. Uh, what are your thoughts, Ronnie? You you look like you you really didn't didn't like this kid. Well, I'm an NYCFC fan, so I can't oh. really look at it the oh, same man. way Christian and Vaz do, but. I'll give it to them. I think they did a good job this year with, you know, the little splash of blue, a little splash of, you know, yellow in there. So you um, call them New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, I, I give it a, a solid eight out of ten. I, will I wear it? Uh, no, but uh, I, I give it to you guys. You guys did a, you guys did a Yeah, you don't want to wear it and then go to <laughs> go to the <laughs> to the NYCFC. Yeah, uh, t- totally, totally. I mean, one thing, it's about the price, right? It's uh, almost like hundred ninety four dollars, no, and hundred. They went up this year, yeah, the, yeah. The original just went up, and then the replica is like ninety bucks, you know. Um, going up, you know. I know they make a cheaper version, you know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. They should make a, you know, a, a training version. I'm sure they'll come up with a new new training kits too. They're gonna be crazy. I know Orlando had one that was like, um, uh the love love unites that one was nice uh they had the the checkered one the childhood um cancer um kit too it was like orange and yellow i I remember Uh, but either way uh it's gonna be a good season um let's just talk football you know uh, when it comes to to what's coming up uh i don't know if john john wants to kind of dive in into you know what happened on 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 Saturday, like against New England. Like I I was expecting I, I, it was a great first half for the Lions, and then it all fell through, uh, fell apart. Um, some of the subs didn't make I think enough impact, um, and Orlando couldn't turn it around. Um, what what were your thoughts regarding that, John? Well, I mean it's um, preseason, right? So I'm not going to take any of it with right. you know too much importance in the result. I think what was interesting was we saw us go back to the four, two, three, one, when up until in this point in the season, we've seen the three at the back with, you know, two wingbacks, more of a three, four, two, one situation. So whether we were training that to use at some point in the season, and we're just going to go back to the four, two, three, one as our standard, like we did last year, I don't know, but that's what we saw. Um, I liked it. I think we played really well until we kind of fell apart at the end which we have a tendency to do. So, you know, good to know that we're still doing traditional things here at Orlando City, like falling apart at the last second. But um, no, all in all, it was, it was a really good performance. I think there were some guys in there that showed why they should be in the starting 11, like Angulo, for example, getting his goal, really making a claim to say, find a way to fit me in here, whether that's Ojeda playing at the cam, and then you've got Angulo on the left wing and Torres on the right wing. Uh, with Kara and the rest of the team kind of falling into place. Again, with Mikey Halliday, he made a good shout to say, all right, I'm going to be the starting right back, um, whether we want to blame him for the goal or not. 
is up to you. Uh, I kind of see it as everybody fell apart. And you can't just say one guy in particular. So uh, I yeah. think there's a lot of questions answered, but also confusing because I, now I don't know what formation we're going to play this week. And I have no idea. Yeah. It could be the three. It could be the four. Um, the players on the field will be pretty much the same apart from one or two, regardless. Yeah, and um, I'm going to say, you know, one thing that we saw against New England, and then we'll dive into the Red Bulls just now, as the squad's versatility in different positions. So, you know, the Angulos playing a win back, and then you have Cartagena playing center back. And then, uh, you know, you have now Pereira playing more of an eighth position. Uh, what were your thoughts uh, seeing that first half, uh, Paola, for you? You know, um, what were your strong points that you feel like Orlando has uh, coming up Saturday? I mean, Ojeda, like that's our secret weapon right there. His crosses were were on point. He changed the um, the dynamic in in seconds. Um, Forty five minutes that they were they were solid. Everybody was char well, not char. We we had some errors. Is the preseason? It's not the end of the world. Like I saw on Twitter, everybody was commenting, and you know, those talk toxic people. I'm like, really? Come on. It's the freaking preseason. Come on. Preseason. Preseason. This is the time where Oscar Pareja needs to experiment. He's a scientific on last Saturday. Oh, let's put this pe person or the curveball. I thought that they were going to start three in the back. No, four. So. I like it. Not everybody like they still come communicating in the field and you can see it like the passes. They were passing it to uh, the New, New England. I was like, oh, OK, it's fine. It's just the preseason preseason gents and lads preseason. So they were good. Second half. We blew it away. Some errors, but let's see what it looks like on Saturday. Yeah, sure. And, you know, the other side of the coin, it's been your Red Bulls. And it's very interesting to dive in into them because it's always been, and I've been covering the team for the last two and a half years um, with area sports one time, now with LPL. And it's just, Red Bulls have always been a headache, man. It's the New York team's always been like tough opponents. And, uh, the pressure in attack and defensively, how compact they retreat uh, without leaving any gaps, making the spaces for the wings so tight. Um, you know, that to me worries me a little bit. Um, they're undefeated in the preseason. Um, they're heading over Orlando. Um, um, I don't know uh, if Voss wants to start. Uh, what, what are some of the strong points New York is bringing uh, to the table Saturday? I know Klimala left. And uh, there's a couple of other players that have left the team, but it seems like the core's still there, right? Yeah, and that is exactly what one of the strengths is for this team. The fact that we've been able to keep this unit together since Struber's been appointed as our head coach has really... And he, I think he's really gotten the best out of his team as of late because they've all really bought into his system. And he kind of... Even guys like Tom Barlow, you know, who... I know the fan base give him a lot of slack. You know, he's he, he was dubbed just fast, strong Tom Barlow, you know, not really full of goals. But I think you could see even just based on his preseason this year, how much the team has bought into Schruber. And I think a lot of them are going to remember the 5-1 the US Open Cup loss and the one zip 
you know, regular home season loss that we had against you guys. And I think that's going to be the main difference in this match because I know there's been a big roster turnover and you guys also did retain a good amount of players. But maybe they start the game a little slow. Uh, Orlando, I'm saying. And I think it's going to play into what the Red Bull strengths are, which is we like to start strong. We like to put pressure on the opposing team's back line and their defensive midfielders to try to force errors and get as many players into the box as possible. And look, we've brought in a big name like Dante. Not big name in terms of MLS circles, but the guy was one of the best players in Belgium last year and was named the second division Belgian player of the year. And he's looking like he's the real deal. So I think getting him acclimated is going to be one of the worries this year. But but Tom Barlow really turned up this this preseason. I think he had two goals, and he registered his first assist, even though he's been on the team for two and a half years. So it's showing another wrinkle to his game. And that's not even talking about Elias Manuel, who got brought in from Gremio, and Corey Burke, you know, who's been brought in from the Philadelphia Union. And something that the Red Bulls have done throughout the years is have a lot of long balls over the top with no real target to send them to. Because Clamalo was never really a physical number nine. He was more of a support striker who never really had a, a partner to play off of. So I think guys like Barlow and Burke are going to have a big game, I think, against Orlando because it's going to be a lot of long balls that they can just try to redirect towards our midfield, guys like Lewis Morgan, guys like Luquinhas, to try to widen that maybe three-man back line or four-man back line that you guys have been experimenting with to try to get the go-ahead goal. And then, and then you know, uh, Christian, uh, talking about, you know, some of the new additions New York has had, Van Zier, um, and then you have also Kyle Duncan, too, um, Jamaican um, international, I believe, too, um, or Jamaican descent, um, also coming from the the Belgium, Belgium League. Um, and I believe uh, Tyler Pasher, too, comes from Houston, right? Uh, so what, what can you tell us? Uh, you know, how, how are they going to have a, a role w within the team? Um, you see a lot of depth for New York um, uh, coming up um, facing Orlando on Saturday. You know what? I think when you talked about the starting 11 for the Rebels, it's pretty clear that we have a strong 11. Uh, I was a little bit afraid because Drew Yearwood picked up an injury uh, a couple of days ago, and he's not going to be playing, and he's like, the lock as a number five. Um, however, I think with the way that the Rebels are playing now, um, they want to be more in control of the ball. I think Vas touching it a little bit earlier, how we would send long balls and there would be no one else to just run through, uh, have Patrick Limala run through the balls and have nothing else happening. And I think players like Frankie Amaya, who has said that he wants to change how the, the game is being played now. The Rebels will not always send you those long balls anymore. They will try to open you up with movements of the ball, using the skills of players like Luis Morgan, like Luquinhas, who have good soccer IQ and good passing ability. Now, you mentioned Kyle Duncan. Uh, he came on loan last year. It was a weird transaction, but he's back with us now for another year. And he is a player that got uh, a lot of criticism 
because it was hard for him to settle back into MLS after spending a, a half a year in Belgium. And we noticed it. However, he's a player to watch out for this year. I think with a good preseason on him, he's going to try to threat as much as possible on that right wing. And something that the Rebels have been working on is their center backs controlling the ball and sending those long balls out wide. So be careful with talking, with, uh, be careful with Kyle Duncan because they're going to come and attack your back line, uh, the, your fullbacks on the, way, on the back line. Um, as far as for other players, I think Dante will probably not make the start. I think he just arrived a day ago in Newark. Uh, most yeah, likely you will see... Right, exactly. So you're probably going to see Corey Burke coming in uh, as a sub. And let me tell you, that ball is strong, man. He can play. He can he can muscle you out. I, I, I mean, there, it's really hard to get the ball away from him. And he's somebody who's a supporting attack player. So he's someone to watch out for. And Elias Manuel, I think he's also got a chip on his shoulder. He didn't get to show us what he could last year. But it's definitely a threat up top. And then, you know, I have the the board here, and then we'll, we'll dive into Orlando in just a moment. Um, but for you three, starting with Ronnie, um, what would be your your starting 11 um, coming uh, Saturday uh, for the Red Bulls? Hey, Luis, yeah, so we talked a little bit about it on our, on our last episode. So, you know, I think when it comes to goalkeeper, Carlos Coronel, you know, he's the guy. Yeah. He's the lock from what we've talked about. Uh, you know, in the back line, John Tolkien, um, I think definitely ha gets the start. Uh, Sean Nealis, who I believe just I just saw, uh, got named captain for the 2023 season. Uh, he'll definitely get the start. Um, back line, I think uh, Struber's been going with Andres Reyes, so I, I, I could see him starting. Um, a little bit more on top in the midfield, I could see Frankie Amaya, Daniel Edelman. And up on top, I could see Lewis Morgan on the left, Luquinas in the middle, and possibly... Uh, Christian Casares Jr. We call him CCJ on the show, but yeah, and uh, on top, possibly Corey Burke. Uh, that's kind of so, how I see so it. So Casares is going to play the the wing. The right. I could right. I could see him, but I'll defer to Christian and Vasa. Where, where, where do you guys see Christian Casares Jr. fitting in best for for this weekend's game? Because I know he's kind of been thrown in in different positions, but. Christian Avas, what do you guys think? Yeah, they want to turn CCJ into an all attack midfielder, but uh, he can't. He, can. he, he can. Yeah, he can. I'll be on, I'll be honest with you. Like in Venezuela, he doesn't play that way. I mean, mm -hmm. he's a straight eight. Mm -hmm. uh, he's an eight with a with the attack prowess Cartagena has not shown last season. I'm just gonna be completely blunt. Uh, <laughs> I, and and I mean. Um, I want to say that if they want to put it on the wing, I mean, he does have the speed, but I don't know if he, I don't know if his crosses are going to be on point, man. I mean, I don't know. It's just me. Uh, no, I, I agree. He's definitely not a white player. Uh, I would probably think that either Lukinas or Cameron Harper will be playing a uh, right white. Um, and, CCJ, Christian Castro's Jr. will probably play as that box-to-box -box midfielder along Frank Amaya uh, next, uh, that, this Saturday. Uh, so um, Alcacet is here, and then Amaya will be right here. Uh, Correct. Frank Amaya and Curry Burke up top. Um, and um, Vas, uh, who would you say was going to be your other center back and your left back? 
Okay, so on the left back spot, I could definitely see John Tolkien with right back being Kyle Duncan. Oh. And for the wing, I want to see what Cameron Harper could do in an MLS game because he's had an incredible preseason. And I know the guys uh, are mentioning Corey Burke to start up front, but yeah. again, call me a, a Tom Barlow homer. I've just been waiting for him to have this kind of preseason to just show us he's the real deal. Or maybe he's just trying to look good enough for St. Louis to try to bring him on board because he's a St. Louis boy, you know? So maybe he's just trying to show good to, to maybe make a move outside of the Red Bulls. But I'd be interested to just see him start behind Lukinas. And I think Acedes has been played as a number 10 at times last season, yeah. but nothing productive came from that. So alongside Nealis, I would like to see Andres Reyes in the center back spot. And who, who, and the, who will you put as your as your right wing? My right wing would have to be Cameron Harper. And I would Harper. like ideally if Burke doesn't start, get Barlow, because they've been connecting very well. They've assisted each other on some goals. And I think that connection should be given a little more time to hopefully build. And just to add on to that, I think what we have figured out that they've been playing this season is Barlow and Elias. So this year, they're definitely trying to play with two strikers to follow that 4-2-2 counter-press system. 4-2-2, huh? Yeah, the 4-2-2-2 is like the Red Bulls ideal formation to play the Red Bull Synergy Soccer. And we've seen not just Struber attempt it, but even from the Marsh days, you know, it was always his fixation to try to have New York play in that plan B in the 4-2-2-2. How successful it was, I'm going to leave that to Christian to try to, to iron out, but it wasn't all that well. But I think now we have the proper pieces in the right unit to try to implement it. We have a strong striker up top with another little bit more pacey one next to him to try to spread that back line. So I think the balance of this team is good enough to try to play that 4-2-2-2. Interesting. Uh, um, what are your thoughts, uh, John, regarding uh, this formation for the Red Bulls? Pretty strong, huh? Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, what I would call like all-out pressing soccer, right? So you've just yeah. got, you've got a whole lot of guys attacking at once. Um, really putting pressure on the back line. So as soon as they lose the ball, they're, you know, their whole aim is to win the ball back. Um, we do that a little bit at Orlando City, but I think the Red Bulls are taking that to like the extreme end, kind of like what I would call German-style pressing soccer, um, which I, I really respect. I think it's a great way to play. It's high-risk, high-reward, though. So, you know, and um, playing that way away from home, you're not always doing it as much as you are at your own home ground, right? So it's it's definitely they're going to play that way, but it's going to be somewhat conservative because it's the opening game of the season away from home at, you know, a big club like Orlando City. So, yes, they will attack Ellis a lot, but they're also going to be, you know, wary of our own attack, sure. Now, uh, let's dive in into Orlando. Um, Paola, um, obviously, and I want to say, I mean, to start a starting 11 um pedro galese i think he he's uh he's the guy right um pulpo of course yeah and then <laughs> and, this, and this and this is going to be the that's the curveball of the weekend this, this is what we don't know and again john 
line of three, line of four. I will go with uh, line of four. I don't know about you, John. I think we should lay it out uh, with a line of four. I think that's more likely. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty I, sure he was training the three at the back for when he wants to use it against teams. He feels that's a tactical advantage against. Not with the Red Bulls. Mm -mm. Put four no. there. No, I would. Yeah, we don't would, need that. I would do. I mean, Antonio Carlos started practicing. Um, today but not, not he fully, won't be there not mm -hmm. fully recovered I, I highly doubt he's going to be there i can definitely probably say he won't be there uh i think we're gonna see rodrigo and uh jansen. robin mm -hmm. rodrigo and, and, and jansen now um one thing to tell our friends from new york red bulls is uh rodrigo is great uh <laughs> going uh in the attack he just needs to watch his back and uh, return into position fast because, I mean, his positioning when leaving the transition attack mode and retreating, he just sometimes like gets into La La Land and doesn't know where he's going. Like, and so you have a if you have a speedster, either uh, a ten or in this case. Uh, a, a fast striker, um, you can definitely win up the the aerial duel, and also down on the on, on the on the passing game, uh, you can definitely uh, there'll be an open gap right here. Hopefully, it doesn't happen on Saturday. And then on your right back, uh, John, um, would you go for Mikey Holiday, or would you have a, a reliable Kyle Smith? I think it's going to be Holiday. I think he showed think in the friendly. And I think he showed in the preseason that he can he can do it. You know, it's not. I think that people are quick to blame him when it's like, look, there's other guys in this team that are not getting back fast enough to defend, right? So, uh, I think he can't be the scapegoat, and I think he's going to have a, a good shot this season. The other one, the left back. I actually interesting to think it's going to be Petrasso. I think that he's seen more minutes in the preseason. I think that the fact that Santos got here late and really looks like he struggled in that second half, for me, he's not quite ready in the team, whereas Petrasso has started to develop um, a really I good believe... relationship on that left side with Angulo and Anoheda. So I think that he's going to be there. Yeah, I mean, I believe uh, when it comes to Petrasso, he he, he did a, he, he did a solid job. I, I just really want to see him. I mean, all his crosses were just. I mean, people complain about Ruan last past two season about his crosses, and I know this just started, but I mean, Petrasso, um, great in, in defending, but it's just in, in the attack. You know, I think the 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 wing is going to be dominated, but either here. Uh, the player that's going to be right here on the left, the left wing. And Holiday's uh, position, he did really good on the back and forth movement on the right wing. Uh, but also um, having Facundo here is going to be key, in my opinion. So going into the mid, um, obviously one that he's definitely going to be there as started is Cesar Araujo. Um, or Araujo, right? How do they call him? Uh, Cesar Araujo is definitely going to be there. Now, who would you put as your as your eight, um, Paola? Pereira, yes or yes. Mauricio? Yep. Now, uh, John, how do you feel about Mauricio playing the, the eight? He did pretty well. He, 
I mean, I think it's, less, he, he was less. I, I much prefer him back there. I think that we've seen that he. What I would say is, in his later years, he does better for us if he just sits and plays the ball. Like he used to be a center attacking midfielder. So something that happens is those get older. Um, they they have more difficulty running and dribbling and doing the things they used to do as an attacking midfielder. So a lot of them kind of tend to fall back in the midfield line. And we're kind of seeing that with Mauricio that now he's like, actually, if I just stay here and play balls around, everyone else can run and I'll just be the guy who makes the pass. So that's where I prefer him. The only downside of having him there is defensively. He's still, you know, not going to run as hard as a real box to box or a defensive midfielder in that position. But when we have Cesar Hirojo next to him, it's not a problem because that guy does it all and he'll cover for Mauricio and he'll cover for the wingbacks as well. Now, um, on, the, on the left, I think somebody that has earned, in my opinion, his, pre his preseason, uh, because of the preseason and the last few weeks of last season too, it was Ivan Angulo, right? Now, a lot of people are thinking about... Of, of uh, Tonga Gonzalez, you know, Gaston Gonzalez, uh, he's still, uh, you know, trying to get in, in match, you know, match fit, you know, um, he, he just came from a really tough uh, injury. Uh, he should have been a OCSC player uh, last season, uh, playing that last stretch, I think. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, he, he was coming hot from Argentina, uh, playing a lot of minutes there. And he had a, a terrible injury and, you know, he, he was essentially, he didn't play the rest of the year. Now, Ivan Angulo is doing such a great job, just not the dominating the wing. Uh, like even from recouping the ball, going into the attack, Petrasso runs his coattails, but stays secure, stays in position. You don't see the Moutinho part in which Moutinho is cutting through, the wings are going forward, and then look at all that gap right there, right? Uh, you, 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 I didn't see that in any other preseason game. So I think Ivan Angulo, I don't know if you guys agree. Um, Paola, you agree that Ivan Angulo will be on the left? Oh, yeah. Like, that's no doubt. He deserves it. Like, and I know that everybody, like you said, everybody's like, oh, where's Gaston? Where's Tonga? But the reality is we have a lot of games that we need to play on, the, on this season, and we need to you know, sit him down, make sure that he's 100%. And I think we're going to see him once he comes back. He's right now in Argentina dealing with paperwork right now. We're going to see him. But right now, Angulo has that job secured right there. Now, uh, Facundo Torres, um, obviously, I mean, he has to play. He has to play $13 million. Like, you know, you got to play. He's the best player in the team, in my opinion, the most dynamic player that we have. Uh, right now on the right wing. And then um, right here, I think we can all agree, Ojeda will be there. Uh, Martin Ojeda, ex, um, former Godoy Cruz uh, player. And now this is another, I will say, curveball. Urgen Car is in Turkey right now. He is dealing with some personal situation. And no, he came back. Out. He came back. He came back? Okay. Yeah. And then, and but the we, we won't see him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, like I mean, t typically we'll have to be urgent, but he has he's missed a couple of uh, preseason matches as well as we don't know his form. So, and quote quote me a skeptic, but I believe we're gonna pull the a Daryl DK here. We're gonna put a rookie. I think Duncan McGuire is gonna be our nine. Um, I don't know if uh, you agree there, uh, 
uh, John, uh, but I mean, Maguire, yeah. he's definitely. I mean, been... it's it's what we like to do, isn't it? We love uh, we love to take a, a rookie striker, turn him into something awesome, and sell him into Europe. You know, so let's do another one. Why not? Come on, Maguire. Uh, to be honest, in the preseason, he looks really lively. Like the yeah. guy, and he looks like he knows how to play with Torres and Ojeda and Angulo already. Like he, he's kind of a bit of everything. He, he's, he's not the kind of guy that you can pigeonhole to say this is your particular striker style. To me, he looks like he can do everything. He, he's, he's muscly. He can push guys off the ball, but he's also fast enough to run him behind. He, he plays the ball off. Like he looks like an intelligent striker. And you can see why he scored so many goals, and they called him the, you know, the Har- the Holland of the Heartland out in uh, Ohio when he <laughs> scored so many, uh, which I love to mention. So maybe he's just going to continue that scoring form, and he looks so close to scoring uh, in the the first half yeah, against, against the, against the Revolution. So I was yeah. like, this guy, you know, for right now until Carr comes back, give him a shot. Why not? You know, if he starts banging in goals. Next thing you know, you got a 10-goal, 20-goal, you know, rookie striker on your hands. Let's read some comments, and then we'll dive in into the debate now that we have both lineups uh, next to each other. Uh, Imari Williams, I want to say hello, sir. Uh, welcome to LPO. Thank you for your comment. I believe Gaston is going to have a really big year. He's been the most impressive player I've seen this preseason. I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, he's he's been pretty impressive. Um on and off the field, uh, getting after that devastated injury, as I was mentioning, uh, and uh, coming back into shape. I do want to say that because I know the Argentinian league very well, he was one of the top, like other teams wanted him, like River. I know for a fact teams in even in in different leagues in Ecuador, uh, they were already looking at him, Mexico. But he, he decided to come to to the U.S. Uh, he wanted to come to the U.S. That was what he was aiming for. He wanted to come to the MLS, and good thing that he picked Orlando City. So um, I'm excited to see him, um, you know, uh, excited to see him for sure. Joshua Tall uh, is asking uh, the soccer subs. He says, did the person that hurt Pato uh, against New York Red Bulls last season, did he leave the team? <laughs> I want to know. I, I want to know who was it. I forgot, but I remember that injury was tough. Yeah, yeah it yeah. was probably just Pato. Yeah, it was probably. <laughs> just... Well, I was actually going to ask you guys that. a question about that. Like, if uh, yeah. how but how big of a loss is uh, Pato and 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 our and our friend uh, uh, Tesho, who who I know recently departed? Is that are those two big losses for you guys, or do you guys see yourselves moving on pretty okay from them? I mean. If you if you ask me, Tesho, uh, he he could play he could play the eight. I mean, he's played pretty much almost every position. Oscar has told him to play. Like he's like when you talk about versatility of a player, he he's played it all. Uh, now, um, as a human being, Tesho's a great guy, uh, no doubt. Um, um, I think he was a locker room uh, one of the heads of the locker room without being a captain. So I think his presence in the locker room is going to be missed. Now, I believe that Orlando has gotten um, strikers that are actually having a higher percentage of, of scoring. So I think on that level, we're going to be okay, just being completely bluntly honest. And then uh, when it comes to Pato, I mean, it was a, a coin toss, right? As you say, I mean, um, I think all of us here, all six of us, we know that 
Pato is a great, phenomenal player in AC Milan, great European career. But that European career was cut short because of injuries and is the same, same injury every time, uh, same leg, uh, sometimes even both. And it's just, it's, it's chronic, right? And um, the good thing is that, and this is one thing to talk about Pareja and his staff. I mean, they were able to extend his play, player career um, further, I think, than anyone else have been able to do before. Um, and, and that is pretty remarkable if you think about it. And they did the same with Nani. I mean, Nani was coming from, from the downs of Europe, right? Um, and comes to Orlando, not no one there wasn't really a big like expectation. Oh, we just got Nani, guys. Like people were like, Nani. Oh, Yovink, uh, what's his name? That Nocherina was here too, right? You know, people were very skeptic about it. That, 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 that was that was that was completely true. And Nani just was a cornerstone of the club after that, you know, just by being him. So um we haven't gotten a Nani since. And that's another thing I wanted to touch. So who's the leader of the pack here, uh, John? Uh, you know, or, or, or you guys. I don't know, Voss, who do you think of all these players is the leader of the pack in, in Orlando? <clears throat> okay, so I remember we had uh, uh, Miguel Gallardo on. Of, uh, right. You know, he's one of the, the Orlando City guys, yeah. you know, former goalkeeper for you. Yeah. And he had penciled Pereira as the thermometer because when he's hot, the team could flow right through him and he's great on both ends on the ball. So I think that like when he pointed that out, I started really like just keying, like keeping my eye on what he does. And it's the simple things, you know, it's a one, two little give and go. It's shielding the the defense when the center back will kind of just be a little bit further up the field, you know, trying to cover gaps. And I think if he has a good game, it's, it could be any kind of scoreline for Orlando, whether it's a 1-0 or a 5-1 like we saw in the U.S. Open Cup. Because I think Araujo had a great game next to him. But one of the reasons why he had such a good game is because he has that partner who can help him thrive and be a more attacking presence on the field for you. So I think Pereira is going to have a – he's one of the leaders on that team. He's, uh, I think, 31, 32. So he's one of the older faces yeah. amongst the, the team right now. So – I think he stands out in my personal opinion. And of course, how can we forget about El Pulpo? We, we mentioned him before, right. you know. I'm, I'm half Peruvian, so I got to love my, my Pedro Gallese. You know, I wish he would have came in the Red Bulls, but I think he's another very important piece of your defense. I mean, because... we, got him, we got him for cheap, man. Yeah. I mean, I mean I'll, be on, I'll be honest with you. I mean, you guys got, got a good him. one. We got him. It was a, a diamond in the rough. Like, I mean, you're talking about having a horrible experience in Mexico, like terrible. And um, like they were sobbing him every game. Like he was being taken out. They were telling him, Hey, don't play two weeks. We'll call you. And they'll bench him. Like, like um, Edwards jr. Was getting more time. Like, uh, you know, like in Orlando, like, you know what I mean? Greenwich was getting more time than the Gales around, around that time. And, uh, he goes to Alianza Lima. He almost wins it all there, but it didn't work out that way. And then, boom, here comes Orlando. Comes very quiet. No one's expecting. Is it all Peruvian goalkeeper? You know, let's see. You know, it's going to, you know, we'll see what happens. And boom, like, you know, and in my opinion, he was, he's been underpaid uh, for like two seasons. 
hundred percent for for what he delivered uh orlando uh and, and what he saved i mean orlando won games because of Alisson. so I, I feel like um this year the club and the new ownership is truly seen his worth uh and i'm glad that they were able to to to, to keep him and uh i was very happy about that um different se- scenario ronnie was uh for sean johnson man you know uh yeah, yeah, that was a huge hit for us. That what, was... happened, what happened there, man? I mean, Collins, I mean, I, I was hoping Orlando was going to open the wallet, get some Vikings money and be like, hey, you know what? We're going to stick it to NYCFC, to the Pigeons. We're going to go ahead and get Collins today, man. And we're going to pair him with Galese. Uh, and no, it didn't happen. He went to Girona, which is the same ownership, right? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Alex Collins went to Girona um, to join Tati over there. And, yeah. uh, you know, we're all super happy for him. Uh, you know, a heck of a player, a heck of a, a, a guy in the back line. Um, and for Sean Johnson, yeah, he's definitely going to be missed. Like, it's never easy losing losing your captain. We already had lost Alex Ring, our former captain, from like three years ago. So to get uh, to get the news that Sean Johnson was, you know, onto a new chapter was kind of a, a tough hit. But, um, you know, kudos to him. I think he, he deserves to get paid. I think, you know, after the NYCFC winning the cup and – you know, I think when you're looking to get properly compensated, I just don't know if NYCFC was willing to match whatever he wanted. And um, I just wasn't – I think Toronto was the team that just caught me off off, off guard. I, I wasn't expecting Toronto, but you got to give kudos to what they're building over there. We talked about it on our last episode with, you know, I think they've been a team that's kind of had themselves um, a good a good rebuild and – you know, a team to watch yeah, for the 23rd. A, a lot of people are saying that. I mean, and I heard a lot. I don't know if what Paula thinks, but they're saying that now Toronto is a top contender because they have these Italian players. And I, I just want to say, I don't believe that. Like, I, I mean, yeah, they're phenomenal players, but I mean, they've underperformed. They've, they've, uh, you know, in my country, they call it estafa, right? Uh, robbery. You know, they've, they've, uh, you know, they've, they've, they've literally just took cash out of their accounts and just underperform all, all around i don't know i don't see toronto as a contender i mean you know i mean with sean johnson a phenomenal goalkeeper i think at least top three in the mls sean johnson for sure um what, what are your thoughts uh, regarding that paola who are we talking about about the italian squad over there in toronto who yeah. they didn't demonstrate it last season like the they had all um, everybody, uh, we got three Italians, blah, blah, selling everything and they didn't do anything. So it doesn't surprise me that they're going to do the same this year. Um, but yeah, they have, a one of the best top, um, goalkeepers, Johnson. He's from Florida. Well, he's, he started UCF. here in Florida, UCF, yeah. a night. night, go Knights. So, I mean, they were smart. So that was a big loss. I'm surprised of all of the people people that nycsc has lost this season well last season but let's see i don't know i don't know how who you're talking about i don't know i haven't seen any italian players played in in toronto i'm just kidding but yeah <laughs> let's see so so let's talk about now um we're gonna give our friends here from 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 the soccer soft Pod, podcast the the weak points of orlando and then we're gonna turn it around and they want us to how, how can we beat New York Red Bulls too, you know, because I mean, and, and let's start with John. So you've been through a couple of games in preseason. I have myself. 
What were some, you would say, points that we need to improve as a team a coming on Saturday? Well, I think our, you know, biggest problem for me is the pace of the back line when the fullbacks have committed themselves up the field. And I think that's something that even though we have new fullbacks is still a problem from last year, right? So Petrasso and Holiday are committed up the field and you've got Rodrigo and Jansen or whoever is in center back chasing behind balls that get put over the top. For example, I can see that happening with Lewis Morgan all day long. I think he scares me a lot. Um, he was the best player at Miami, and then you guys stole him, and they're even worse for it. So thank you for that. But, yeah, please don't score against us. Uh, again, with Aquinas and, uh, you know, and the fullbacks as well, Tonkin and, and Duncan coming forward. So I think that's a big weak point for us. It has been for several seasons, and I'm hoping that, Maybe we see a change in the way we play to try and stop that from happening more often. But really, that's that's how I see these goals with the with the counter press or counter attacking that uh, with the rebels are going to throw at us with committing three or four guys really quickly up the field. Now, uh, when I turn it to you guys, uh, some some points that we need to take notes here in, in Orlando facing the Red Bulls. Uh, what are some you know? I'm being this preseason, right? Uh, but what, what what are some things you 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 can say? Hey, you know, we need a Orlando can definitely have some players that that can cause some damage here. Um, what are some things we need to look forward to to maybe exploiting uh, on Saturday, um, guys? I don't know if you, you, you okay. So so what I have. Uh... I'm sorry. Uh, what I've been always dubbed is a spy because whenever someone asks me what's the best way to play against the Red Bulls, it's literally giving them the ball. If you give the Red Bulls the ball to try to break you down and build a passing sequence to, you know, like an A-pass sequence to lead to a goal, it's probably not going to happen. So the Red Bulls' biggest weakness, hilariously enough, is when they have the ball. Like they seem to not have too many ideas as Who's the runner? Who's going in behind the defense? Is it a ball over the top? So if we've seen it in the past, the Red Bulls can dominate a team in possession at home and still manage to lose 1-0, you know, and drop a game like that. So I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see how they adjust to that because I know Bareja knows that. He he usually sets up that team with the four-man back line, the, the four – Two, three, one. You know, you play a little more shelled and defensive to let the Red Bulls kind of ease into your side of the field, and then boom, long ball over the top catches the team in in transition, and you guys get a go ahead goal. I think that's the main thing that the Red Bulls are going to have to look out for. Yeah, and I, I think, um, and one of the things that um, the Red Bulls need to definitely take a look into Orlando is. Um, these these three guys, like I will say, Mauricio, Jeda, and Torres, because uh, Angulo is going to stay on the left. I, I know for a fact he's going to stay in his position. Uh, he's very very tactical player. He's going to stay right here, going back and forth um, for 120 minutes if needed be. Um, but these three, the versatility they have, like we've seen Mauricio going forward, Araujo right here. And then Ojeda ended up right here. Like we've seen then Ojeda going here and then Pereira, he like literally going behind the nine. 
So, and then Torres and Ojeda changing positions, like constantly, like um, constantly cutting. Um, so is this three that I would say it's going to be now a little bit tougher because of they're so dynamic, especially Ojeda and Torres. Cáceres, um, we've seen him. I mean, he's he's a great player that plays very hard, I feel, but he needs to – I mean, he needs to watch off his, the yellows and reds because it's going to be – I mean, with that type of level of, of players, now um, there's going to be some set pieces for Orlando for sure. Now, what can Orlando do with the set pieces? That's a different story, right? Because um, – Amaya and Cáceres are going to definitely try to disrupt that playability that Orlando is going to show in transition in, in, in attacking transition. But, um, you know, that's where I feel like Orlando needs to definitely also improve. It's the set piece. I mean, um, I can, I mean, I can address it every single season. I say the same thing, like the set piece, like, there are like New York Red Bulls. Um, they have good set pieces um, w- when it comes to taking advantage of set pieces, corner kicks, um, all of that. Um, Columbus as well uh, with um, Salarayan and, and all these other dynamic players they got. Um, but Orlando, I mean, we actually have this year people that are good with the ball, like Ojeda, um, Torres, Pereira. I will even say even Jansen, like he's, he scored have a free kick before uh, in training. So um, it's 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 about to take advantage of the opportunities now. Um, facing them each other, I think it's going to be. I mean, what are your predictions when it comes to the score, uh, Ronnie? Um, you feel like this is going to be uh, another? You, you reserve the right to 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 say that we're going to lose. It's okay. Another another. You like NYCFC? It's okay, man. No, no, no. I ah. It's going to be a good game. I just want to echo one more thing, too. I think we talked about it in our last episode, but we were breaking down the starting lineups um, on, on our episode, and I think there's a, a bit of a, I don't want to say concern, but on the right side with Cal Duncan, I know Christian and Vaz can kind of vouch for that, saying that out of those four starting starting um, center backs, I think, you know, I think uh, Cal Duncan might be one of the weaker links, so I think... I'm gonna keep an eye out for that uh, Ivan Angulo um, left side type of type of play, but uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably gonna give this a tie. I think one-one, two-two. Uh, I think it's gonna be a good game. It's gonna be a, a game where both teams try to break each other down. And uh, yeah, I just want to see a good game. Right, right, right. And you know, um, I am I'm a little bit concerned uh, when it comes to to Orlando. I don't know if John agrees. It's just finishing the attacking play uh that to me was huge on the game against new england and we still have that headache uh not finishing the attacking play um we've had several chances on on the first half against new england to maybe be up two three goals and we didn't and then brioni easily getting behind our center backs and then scored uh and then you know, New England makes some changes and dominated possession of the ball. I mean, that was a little worrisome uh, after seeing Orlando doing like 348 passes in one preseason game. Um, it, it still it still worries you that we are really literally with Kara and Duncan Maguire as a strikers. I don't know. I mean, I feel like a lot of goals this year are going to come out of Ojeda Torres. 
And I feel yeah. like we can start the season relying on those guys. You know, I think Ojeda's look like he already, like he wants to put the ball to back in the net. He's very aggressive. He runs at people. And Faku, we know already what he can do. He does the same thing. So I feel like we can kind of ride those guys for a little bit until Kara maybe comes into scoring form or whoever claims that forward spot. It might not even be Kara. Um, and I was thinking about uh, for the Rebels are in a similar situation with their new striker, uh, Dante. It's a very similar right scenario. That first year for a striker in the league is always hard. And, and Kara did okay last year, but he wasn't, you know, a 20 goal a year striker. So we got to figure out if this team is going to be a top three in the East, sort of pushing for a home MLS team. Who is that striker that's scoring us a lot of goals? We don't have to figure that out right now. We can kind of ride the coattails of, uh, I think, Torres and Ojeda until we see. But I am a little bit afraid that that's where we might lose this game. For me, I think we're going to win it as long as we score first. If we don't score first and we get to the 70th, 80th minute and we still can't put the ball in the back of the net, the Red Bulls (laughs) will steal one and that'll be it, right? So the same thing could happen with a draw. I think that we've got to come out and attack. And if we get a goal in the first half, it could be three or four. Right. But if we don't score in the first half, it could end up being like the revolution game where uh, we kind of throw it away at the end. Yeah. And, and, and talking about that and, and putting on that, and I want to ask Paola, cause she's a season ticket holder for Orlando city. Um, I mean, the fan fan experience, right. Uh, it's been improving tremendously uh, for Orlando, at least um, trying to head, get, um, hats in seats right and uh definitely for for a preseason game that was uh on a weekend that tickets were available for even like really cheap there's still not a lot of fans there and uh, that was a little worrisome for me because you know I mean, the club is since they got new ownership, trying to change the culture within the club, like tremendously, uh, trying to work with the community and things like that. Um, do you feel like if, let's say, this Paola stays nil nil, do you think people are gonna go home upset and say, "Hey, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not coming the next two games because I know they're gonna tie again or, or lose again," uh, or do you feel like people are just being a little impatient? And that second one, they're not like people like us will analyze the game and say, hey, this and this and that. But people that are new fans that want to go into the first game, they want to see a win. They want to see a W. And I think what I saw in my Twitter on last Saturday, I saw some people complaining about, oh, this coach, oh, this player that is not even here for a week because there were players that have not been training with this team more than one week and they were just complaining about it. It must be a win for them. Um, For me, it must be a win too because I want to see Orlando City succeed, but I'm not going to be, I'm going to be, you know, mad for like one hour MT. Uh, it's, it's fine. We're, we have the rest of the, of the season, but if Orlando City wants to have more fans in the stands, it has to be a W. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. It has to be W. Last season we didn't have the best um, record at home. Yeah, it was bad, and it was super bad. And if we want to have more fans in the stands, 
it has to be a W. Also, the wall is sold out. So there's a lot of pressure on the team to win because I'm, I'm betting you that there's a lot of new fans coming on Saturday and they're going to the wall to root for the team. A, they want to see goals. A, they want to see the W. So that's my, that's my opinion. Right. And uh, I'm going to ask uh, Christian, you know, the fan experience in New York, um, New York Red Bulls, like, you know, I know you guys get a lot of, um, you know, a beautiful stadium and, and all of that. Um, how is that uh, working for you guys over there? Um, the engagement with the fans, with the fan bases. I know that Ronnie probably has been to a lot of NYCFC games as well. Um, you can tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so for the past couple of years, I think the team has struggled to bring a lot of fans into the stadium, um, basically basically because you don't see those names like Tierra Henry or Cahill or Juan Pablo Angel anymore. But I got to say that for this year, a lot of people are truly excited about their new forward. Um, I, I, speaking to Rebel fans here and there, they've told me that, you know, we ever – had expectations was when Bradley Wright Phillips was on the lineup. And now to see someone who has done a great job in Belgium, uh, a person who has helped a team get promoted after 48 years and him being the uh, scoring leader of that league, it, it tells you something. At least there, there's a bright light at the end of the tunnel that the Rebels are going to be successful this year. Uh, I, I don't want to jinx myself and say that we're going to win MLS Cup, but the expectations are high. And <laughs> I do expect at least for the first game and the opener, at least between 12 to 14,000 fans show up, which is more than we're used to, to be honest. No, Ronnie. And I'm sorry, yeah. just to add on to that, uh, no, Luis, ahead, because uh, I know we did mention the big names that are lacking on the team, but friend of the show, fellow uh, pundit of the Red Bulls, Mark Fishkin brought up a very good point. Yeah. Uh, when you have a team that constantly trades its captain and constantly has a roster turnover of guys who are local guys who end up wanting to leave like a Sean Davis or right. ex name X player, you know? It loses that way. connection from the fan base because as a fan, I want to watch someone who is a hometown kid or someone who has been on the team for, you know, four, five, six years and is now the captain. But when you trade the guys who've been on the team the longest, you start losing that connection. So I think that also has to do with the, the fan numbers that have been sadly declining year by year. But like Christian also highlighted, the fact that we've had such a, good off season for the first time in what seems like a century has gotten a lot of more eyes on the team as of late maybe some old fans who now want to you know see what Dante's all about or just some new ones who who've also been following you know that acquisition so like Christian said hopefully if we get at least double digit numbers that's a good turnout that's right um Ronnie who's the best team in New York right now NYCFC I'm or New York Red Bulls? NYC. I mean, we got the cup. You know, not to not to start anything <laughs> over here. But... Oh, man. <laughs> he said right now though. We got the like US current Open form. Uh, oh, look, um, US Open look, Open. I know. Look, I know, Paola. You mentioned. You know, I know we lost some key players. I know we lost Maxi Morales. We lost Tati, yeah. Sean Johnson, Eber, Callens. I could go down the list right now, but uh, I think right now for NYCFC, it's kind of like the next man up mentality and. Uh, you know, we have brought in uh, one or two names right now. Um, not the biggest names out there, but uh, 
I think we were just talking on our last episode how, you know, our upcoming derby, which is not too far from now, May 13th, uh, could kind of play out. And uh, <laughs> I think I like our chances. I'm not going to say we're going to win the cup this year or anything, but uh, I, I have full hope that we can make the playoffs. Ronnie, I see that you guys have sent out a lot, right? And you brought in some. So where's the I, – I can do math, pretty basic math. So where are the rest of these guys coming from? Are you expecting a lot of the academy to step up? Because from an outsider's perspective, it looks like yeah. you guys have, have like sold the whole barn and brought nothing in. You're not wrong, John. You are not wrong. Uh, yeah, I think uh, this this year, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of the young players that are stepping up, I think, from NYCFC. Uh, two, um, you know, there's a couple young guys. Or young guys are you're gonna see more minutes on. One name that comes to mind is Justin Hack in the midfield. Um, another, you know, we still have some of our main players like uh, Tiago, uh, Tiago Martinez on on the defense. Um, we have uh, I'm I'm forgetting names now, but uh, Tales yeah, Magno, Tales Magno, Pereira. Yeah. yeah, Gabriel Pereira on the wing too. Like we we still have some of the core <clears throat> from from last season but i know we're we've got some replacing to do and we've got some upgrading to do but uh you know we're not we're not in bad shape that's all i'll say right now i think you know we we can definitely make a, a good uh playoff push for for this I, season i think you guys are better than definitely like like miami this year uh <laughs> sure i think anyone it's probably better than miami right now i mean you guys i, I, I don't like want to as much as us right you also right. hate miami come on you you can say yes yeah, we hate uh, Joseph Martinez and the whole entire team. But I, 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 I wanted to. Win there. That's yeah, that's. I mean, I, I wanted to ask you guys because everybody has Inter Miami now top of the league as well because of that yeah. transfer. Do you guys from from an Orlando? Oh, well, for, for, well, I mean, I mean, you're comparing like freaking uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who scored the most own goals in history. Uh, the Jamaican <laughs> guy. For a guy who's named the center back, um, it's not Macoon. Low, low, Damian Low, get low, get low, get low, to the window, to the wall, right? So this guy, I mean, you put Abraham with one leg, he's better than Damian Low. I mean, of course. But Damian Low went to Philadelphia now. They yeah. sold him. I mean, he's gonna bench there. He's gonna be a bench player. He's gonna be. He's not gonna start. I mean, they gotta be stupid. I like mean, or very cocky to start Damian Low. I mean, I, I, I'm 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 sorry, but I mean, when he played uh, that friendly Jamaica Peru in the Lima, I mean, it was. I mean, he. How is he in the national team? I don't know. Uh, they were telling me, hey, but but he plays in the MLS. Pineda is, is uh, Lucy, the MLS quality man. You see, sucks. No, you know, as like, hey man, you know, don't. He's just Damian Lowe, man. He's just let him be. Um, I think uh, right now, uh, Inter. I don't know. I mean, there are teams that sell, man. I mean, LAFC. It's the darling of the MLS. I mean, I think this is obvious. You know, everything is LAFC. Now Austin is getting there a little bit. Uh, a lot of press uh, with uh, Matthew McConaughey. I don't know if he knows you know, more people than we do for sure. Uh, and then uh, Inter because, I mean, talking about Latinos, Telemundo, you know, Jorge Mas, like this dude like knows everyone in the industry of TV in the United States. I mean, he and he just wants his team to be out there. 
the problem that I see is the, the there's really no there's no like homegrown stars that are shining. Like you could say, for example, in Orlando, um, Thomas Williams, Alex Freeman, Brandon Hackenberg. I can name you a few. Uh, Wilfredo Rivera, you know, uh, I can name you, you know, um, the kid from Venezuela, the keeper uh, for his name. Um, Otero. O o Otero, right. Um, and more. N same with New York Red Bulls. I mean, the Academy of the Red Bulls has been, I think, aside Dallas through history. I mean, they've brought the best product youth wise for, for the United States. You cannot say the same thing, and unfortunately for Miami, and I think that's where they need to go. They can't just expect, say, "Hey, we're gonna get Busquets, we're gonna get uh, Suarez, and we're gonna get Messi." Uh, Messi. <laughs> I mean, Messi's gonna come here. I mean, and I, and I'm saying this. I, I, I mean, and I know this is probably gonna spark a debate. Messi coming to the MLS is gonna be great for Messi. And it's probably going to be great. I don't know if Miami is going to be winning a championship just with Messi. Um, but I think the restrictions when it comes to DPs, all of a sudden, mm, let's loosen it up a little bit, you know. Let's loosen up the, the, the restrictions right there. And I think when they loosen up the restrictions for all teams, that's when you're going to see that. That's when you're going to see – New York Red Bulls going for somebody from RB Leipzig, right? Uh, or you're going to see uh, Orlando going for somebody from AC Milan, like, you know, um, or from Barcelona, you know. Um, you, you're going to see loosening up the restrictions when it comes to cash is going to definitely um, better the whole thing for everyone. Um, and I think that's, I think that's going to be Messi's best contribution if he comes here because – I mean, 2026 is coming up, guys, and uh, I, I don't think the United States. I think the United States wants to uh, op one to to Qatar. I think he wants to. They, they, I mean, and the United States is not going to stay put and just say, "Hey, you know, we're having the World Cup here, and and that's it." No, no, no they're going to want to see that the, their league is like better than their league, right? So um, that's just a conspiracy theory. I don't know if it may happen, but. I think loosening up the restrictions is going to be key. I don't know. John, John's like telling me you're crazy, but uh, I don't know. I feel like, you know, one day we could have gotten, uh, you know, better DPs uh, from Europe, you know, um, yeah, Peter I mean, Crouch we'll could have come here. Right? We'll no, look, the, I'm, we'll I'm sorry to cut you off, Luis. I, I remember a time when free agency was talked like there's finally there's gonna be free agency one day you know we had to wait like you know 20 odd years to get free agency but i do think with signings like a Messi with a beckham you know it just increases what the league wants to be and mind you the 1994 world cup to this day is the highest attended world cup in all of history and it was in the states you know so maybe we try to one-up ourselves even but, uh, yeah. yeah, I think uh, Messi coming to the league might help accelerate that that want to not just increase the salary cap, but hopefully give the players a little bit more rights because it has to do with the CBA and the league owners having to come to terms every four years to see what can we add for the, better, the betterment of the product on the field and the players because if they're getting paid more, 
And if the salary cap increases, we're just getting better talent at the end of the day, you know? So I, I, I echo your sentiment and I really do hope that if Messi signs, we have an acceleration of that process, just like we did with Beckham. Beckham came to the league. We added the designated player rule. You know what I mean? So I think it would be one of those seismic moving kind of moments. I I do believe that too. I do believe that too. I think uh, because the, I mean, the U S cannot stay put. I mean, look, and I'm going to say this, I know this is going to sound bad. Manchester United, it's going to about to be owned by, um, uh, the same people that uh, is within the same royal family of of Manchester City and and Newcastle no Newcastle Saudi Arabia but I mean you're talking about and a lot of NFL owners are owning now soccer teams why uh, um, the the Dodgers own Chelsea now why because they know that soccer is growing like it's 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 the next for them is the next big investment so. Um, we're going to see more of that and we're going to see a lot of more money talks when it comes to the World Cup time. And they're going to have a say when it comes to the new rules uh, that they're going to take that little bump uh, of quality for the league. And I think it's getting it's heading out there. And imagine an academy like the Red Bulls, like Dallas, like Orlando, right, that they are excelling in developing young talent for the under 20s, under 17s, you adding that quality in there, once the money's there and the restrictions are losing up, it's just going to melt the whole squad. The whole depth is just going to be like untapped. Like it's going to be crazy. Um, so I look forward for that, hopefully. And before we go, uh, and I wanted to thank Christian, Ronnie, and Voss for being here. And I'm sure it won't be the last time you guys will be here. Uh, maybe when NYCFC uh we, we play again uh we'll, we'll call you guys again to talk some nyc of some pigeons versus lions is it true is the pigeons like like because home alone yep yep the city's full of them so yeah they that's the yeah. nickname the pigeons you should have picked like a better bird man i mean they eat a lot i mean yeah not an eagle you know not a falcon yeah, right? like, they got a pigeon no i mean don't get me wrong i'd rather be a pigeon than a than a crane like you know what I mean, or whatever. What they call the the crane, the the one. The for, flamingo. For, what do they got the in, flamingo, in Miami? Yeah, the flamingo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, Thierry Henry, former legend, New York Red Bulls land legend. I think one of the reasons why the U.S. men's national team, and I don't know if John or Paula agree with me, it's because the coach. I'm not a Berhalter fan at all, and. Uh, and it showed, and I think he brought the wrong strikers. I think Daryl DK, if he would have been healthier, he would have killed it with Wea right there on the wing. But um, Terry Henry is on the news saying that he wants to, you know, he, he's eyeing the national team. Would you guys second that move as Red Bulls fans or or, or you guys cover the Red Bulls? Let's start with Voss. Oh man, I remember the day that we announced. No, you know Henri. Montreal, right? His record with Montreal. Oh, yeah, I remember his record in Montreal. I remember his his record, you know, way too well. And I don't think he'd do very good as a head coach. Maybe as an assistant coach, 
But even then, we've seen what he did with Belgium. You know, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't all that much, even at the assistant role. So I would not put my eggs in the Thierry Henry basket when it comes to coaching the most skilled and probably the highest upside USA squad that we've ever had in the history of this program. Not in but his, he, you know, I, I can't. And he said he knows them. And they probably know him too, but it doesn't mean they're going to play any better. <laughs> he has them on Instagram. Uh, they're, they're, he chats oh, with them man. on Instagram. No, I think uh, this is going to sound maybe, I don't know if it's controversial or not, but I think for the first time in a very long time, we have to bring in someone who doesn't have a connection to the U.S. to try to lead this group of players to try to get the best out of them. I'm not saying it should be a Zidane or a, or a, Mourinho. Or a Mourinho, you know, but I think <laughs> we need someone who, you know, the, the guy who was coaching Saudi Arabia, he's not Saudi Arabian, he's not Tunisian, and he's led some of these countries to their greatest right. ever achievements, you know. Even Morocco, uh, I, I think a few years back, he coached, he coached them as well. So I think I had read a stat that since the 19... I think 94 or 98 World Cup, we haven't had or we've had someone from New York and New Jersey on every one of the coaching staffs, whether it's, you know, Bruce Arena, Bob Bradley, Greg, you know, Greg Bearhalter. So I think we really got to look from the outs, like somewhere outside to see how we can improve, because if we just keep on hiring the same guys that, you know, he's part of the club, he, you know, he's one of our boys, we don't really get the best out of anyone using nepotism you know i i think we it nepotism reared its ugly head in this world cup and it made our entire u.s soccer system and federation look like a joke because yeah it's like high school drama man so yeah i think a little was, bit of professionalism from a, maybe a south american or a european would really help this team maybe you guys can can add in on that or right, disagree right, with john, me if you want john um oscar pareja what do you think about that? No, no, I, I no, agree. No, no, no. I Don't touch I, puppy. I think just Don't like, touch puppy. Just like my home country of England, America has the same problem where, you know, <laughs> this need to hire a coach from the same country is, is unnecessary. And I think Greg Berhalter would, would not be the guy for yeah, me. No, man. I think, you know, obviously he wasn't the guy for me before the World Cup. Then everything that's happened here. now, definitely not. And yeah, I think that uh, I agree. We got to go somewhere else. So, what about you, Ronnie? You look like um, you're. You want to say something right there? No, no. Uh, I. I mean, I could have answered better than Vas. I think um, we. Yeah, we should definitely be looking somewhere outside of the states. Uh, you know, I've been seeing other podcasts kind of echo that. Uh, you know, a lot of European managers have been having success. So. Um, you know, being Ecuadorian, I'd love to see a, a South American coach maybe um, come in, you know, a, some of that mentality. But, yeah, I mean, Terry Henry, I, you know, of course, legend and everything, but I don't think he'd have the success that we'd be looking for. Uh, but that's just my two cents. Paola, to close, um, what do you what do you what do you want to see? Uh, do you want to see Terry Henry as a U.S. head coach? No, no. I want to see Poppy in there. I'm just kidding. No, no, no Poppy. No, no, Poppy. No, I want, I want him to stay with Orlando. Please stay with Orlando, <laughs> Poppy. Don't leave. No, don't leave. I'm going to be no. like uh, like Areca when Areca leaves Peru. I'm like, don't leave, Areca. Please stay. <laughs> stay. He's no. in Mexico? No. No, he's Where with Ecuador he? now. Oh, he's Ecuador. Ecuador. There you go. Hey, yeah, he just joined Ecuador. <laughs> Ecuador. So. Ecuador. I mean, I like our I'm just saying, guys. 
he travels a lot. He doesn't. He he's getting into Ecuador with a really nice squad, and if he doesn't make a top three, to me, it's a failure. If if Ecuador doesn't make it, it's him. I'm just saying. 100%. In Peru, he fooled a lot of people, but he. I mean, he he played with the best generation of Peruvian players in a long time, and they were playing in top level teams. Um, the the last stunt, it was just he lost it. On the board, on the players weren't here, but that's another topic. But I want to thank uh, Ronnie, Vaz, Christian, uh, Paola, and John too uh, for being here with us today. I want to encourage everyone to follow uh, the Soccer Subs podcast. Uh, they are uh, available on uh, Instagram, also Apple Podcast. Uh, they're also on Twitter, uh, Soccer Subs uh, Radio. Um, I'm going to put his, their Instagram account right here. You guys can check them out. His link tree is right there. Um, they cover not just, um, you know, they cover all MLS, New York Red Bulls, NYCFC. They have great interviews. I, I will have to say, um, and you know, we're definitely happy to have had them here today. Um, uh, and hopefully it's not the last time either. I know that we extended the, the show a little bit, um, uh, from the usual, but um, it, I think it was meant to be. We had a lot to talk about. Um, so I wanted to thank you guys for, for being here. Uh, anything, any, anything last, last remarks you want to say before we cut? I just, I just want to say real quick, thank you for having us. Uh, def- like you said, hopefully it's not the last time. And no, I appreciate you guys uh, having, having us on. And always great to collab with other podcasts who love to talk the beautiful game. So thank you guys. All right, well, uh, on behalf of all of us, vamos Orlando, and let's see, let's uh, see each other on, on Saturday. Take care, guys. Hi, this is Luis Carlos Pineda from Loud and Proud Orlando. I want to thank you for listening to us through Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Help us grow our Purple community by following us on all our social media outlets. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're also available on YouTube as Loud and Proud Orlando. We're available on Instagram as Pineda underscore ORL. We're available on Facebook as Loud and Proud Orlando. And on Twitter as LPO underscore podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And vamos Orlando!